0: Hi, uh, my name is Canol, uh, and welcome to the New Voting Project. Today, we have Shawan Jackson, who is founder of the organization Vocal Justice, which is dedicated to preparing black and brown youth to become socially conscious leaders by engaging them in justice-oriented public speaking programs. Uh, you're also a graduate of Princeton University. Uh, recently, you received your MBA from Stanford University. I'm from the Bay Area, so thank you. Uh, And you've held many positions, some lucrative at Deloitte, the Dream Project, the White House, the Department of State, and of course, the Office of Governor Gavin Newsom. So thank you so much for taking the time. I can understand you're very busy, but I do appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for for having me. I'm really excited about our, our conversation today.
0: Perfect. Let's get into it. Just to start off with a really simple question. Uh, talk a little bit about your background, how you got into the work that you do, how college prepared you for what you're doing now with Vocal Justice, um, and really just how you got started.
1: Yes. Um, well, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, a small town called University Park. I always say that I cannot claim the city of Chicago. I have to claim the suburbs because I would get in trouble from people who actually grew up in the city. And I was blessed to go to a boarding school for high school that was ironically a pre-public boarding school. You did have to apply to get in, but it was a specialized math and science academy where I could live off campus my 10th through 12th grade years. And being at that type of school, coming from a relatively low-income background in a predominantly Black community, got me thinking about how we can make sure other young people who look like me and have lived experiences like mine can get access to a top education like that. So when I was at Princeton for undergrad, I focused a lot on education policy and then started thinking about education in a different way because when I got to Princeton, I started learning about social injustices in depth for the first time. I was minoring in African-American studies. And then that type of education made me start thinking how can we make education not just helpful for economic mobility, but also to help build your understanding of social injustices in the world. And so I started taking lots of classes I helped to build my own awareness of social inequity and years later I decided to found vocal justice so that we can help every young person early in their education career, get access to that type of social justice education, and also develop a really specific skill of communication that helps them to advocate for social justice.
0: Gotcha. No, no, it sounds like an incredibly unique, but I think impressive opportunity. I don't, I don't hear much about uh, providing that kind of like, I, you know, there are organizations like speech and debate and, and things that foster that kind of uh, commitment to public, you know, speaking and and creating argument, but I don't see it um, in, in in all communities. So I think the inclusivity that the organization offers is, is one to keep in mind. Now, I want to ask a very hypothetical question, which is, if I was part of the program, walk me through a day uh, of what it looks like to be part of vocal justice. Like, what would I do? What does the organization strive to accomplish by the end? Um, and what are the policy objectives and the benchmarks you're hoping to meet?
1: I love this question. So um, each day in vocal justice is a bit different, but um, the way it works is we are prioritizing middle and high school students right now. Most of our participants are in ninth and 10th grade and at the beginning of the program, which takes place usually an hour per week, either as part of an existing class you have or as an after school club you start the program with a lot of self-identity work. So one of my favorite activities from the beginning is an activity called life maps, where if you're doing virtually, you get a Google slide, you put different pictures and quotes and words that reflect aspects of your journey, the highs and the lows, and you get really vulnerable and share that personal story with other people in the program. And if you're doing it in person, you can actually draw out what your life journey has looked like. So you can practice sharing your personal story with peers and practice that vulnerability that's required of leaders. And then in our second unit it's all about social justice awareness and so one of the big things that we cover in that unit is the four eyes of oppression where we're talking about what oppression looks like from an ideological standpoint an institutional standpoint an interpersonal standpoint and an internalized standpoint so it's a lot of conversations about how does that actually show up in your own community in your school and then in the final unit, it's about communication. So you're taking an understanding of yourself and these social issues and engaging in different public speaking activities to build your communication skills. And then it ends with you giving a two to three minute speech about an issue that you care about, whether that's reforming the criminal legal system or abolishing it altogether or making the education system that you're a part of more equitable. And then our hope in the long run is that after that year-long program, all of our young people are going out doing advocacy projects and ultimately advocating for education policies that make this type of education the norm in every school.
0: Got it. And let me and you're doing and you're part of Vocal Justice full time. Yeah. So you're doing this full time. What is what is next for the organization itself, or what is next for you in this yeah. journey?
1: Oh there's a lot more to do with the organization so I'll talk about talk about that. So okay. we just hired two more people. We are a team of 4 now. Our team is fully remote with myself in Oakland, someone in Chicago, someone in New Orleans and someone in Philadelphia. And now that the team is one of 4, we're getting ready to double our reach going into next school year. So right now, we are training and compensating 29 teachers across the US to run our program at their schools with about 350 young people collectively. And next school year, we want to get to about 60 teachers working with 1,000 plus young people. So getting ready to scale significantly. We're also launching a new initiative that I'm excited about called Proximate Partnerships, where we say, let's take this justice-oriented public speaking program that's working well in schools and bring it to out-of-school organizations working with systems-impacted youth, such as young people who are undocumented or young people who are involved in the criminal legal system. That way, we can help to build up their leadership capacity and make sure that their perspectives and ideas about inequitable systems are being shared with the world.
0: Yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, now, I want to shift to kind of the the point of this uh, this platform is to talk a little bit more about social justice issues, but specifically about voting rights. Yes. Which I think when it comes to one of the issues that I'm sure have come up, uh, you know, in discussion and vocal justice is one that's pretty prevalent. And I just want to bring like where did this the inspiration for vocal justice stem out of? Was it for me? I would my first guess would be: Was it an election of sorts? Was it uh, a specific thing that happened to you in the past? I just want to know where did this all uh, originate?
1: Yeah, it's a, a good question. So a lot of this originated from my own lived experiences. I was a speech team nerd in high school. I gave my first speech when I was six. My principal, a black woman, said, "Hey, I want you to give a speech for Black History Month." And I just grew a lot as a leader because of those public speaking activities. But what I didn't get growing up is a social justice education that I didn't get until college. And so I started thinking about how can I combine the power of public speaking as a way to build confidence with a social justice education so that you can become a powerful leader for liberation. And that's that was the inspiration for, for launching Vocal Justice. And then more I ran pilots and saw how it was actually working, I said, I think there's something special here that I want to keep doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think as part of it, I want to ask, um, you know, voting rights is such a pivotal issue that that really impacts every sector um, and every single issue in, in my mind, because it all starts with effective leadership. So I want to ask, you know, do you support any policies um, surrounding you know changing the voting rights uh, or no changing the, the age uh, that you can start to vote, maybe lowering it to increase the civic engagement that I'm sure vocal justice is focusing on um, heavily in their programs? And and kind of just talk me through how you think voting rights can fit into this platform of vocal justice.
1: Yes, I think voting is something that we got to get a lot more people behind, right? And there's a reason why there are so many campaigns in order to make voting more restrictive because it is a source of power, right? And it's a source of power that we can use in order to make things more equitable in our society. So, of course, people are going to want to push back against that. We also know that young people are a powerful voting block. And so I think I would be supportive of figuring out ways that we could lower the voting gauge. Maybe it's getting it to 16 or getting it to 17 and saying, if you turn 18 in the next year, you can, um, you can vote. Um, because a lot of these issues impact young people directly, right? If we think about our education system, teenagers are driving, several of them, right? Their families are impacted by these policies. And so I think it is important to think about how we can get more young people involved in voting. And I also want to make sure that if we're going to do that, that people recognize that voting can actually lead to a positive change, right? I think a lot of people can feel disincentivized to engage in voting if they don't actually see some positive change coming from it. And so I think it's not just that policy change about lowering the age, but it's also about how you can increase awareness about the power of voting so that people can actually leverage that power for social good.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And what do you think about what's happening in certain states, you mentioned voting rights restrictions, you know, we see in states like Georgia and Texas, I saw the other day, there are over 550, you know, anti-voting suppression bills um, introduced at across the United States and state legislators. Uh, What do you think about these things that are happening? You know, how does it affect not only your beliefs, but how you'll go into the next couple of years working with local justice?
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes me sad and frustrated, frankly. Um, And it's also not surprising, right? Like, For years, there have been attempts to restrict people from voting, some, many of which have been successful, right? And it's frustrating because the root cause of a lot of inequities that we have are tied to policy decisions that did happen or didn't happen, right? And the people who are making those choices are elected officials, and the people that get to decide who those elected officials are are the ones who vote. And so it's frustrating for me because it's the beginning of this Um, chain reaction if you will of like how we can actually address the root causes of social injustice and in terms of what we're doing with with vocal justice i think we have to have more young people people of all identities really who are advocating for change to make sure these types of restrictions aren't happening right and we have to be able to communicate in ways that are persuasive and true to who we are to make that happen so, what I view vocal justice's role as is to say, how can we help young people recognize the power of voting and the power of civic engagement? Become aware of the social inequities that are out there when it comes to voting, and then say, what can I do in my local community to make a change? Maybe I can go to local city officials and talk about the voting restrictions that are happening explicitly or otherwise, and then talk about how we might need to change that. How can I galvanize my peers to do protests in the community in order to advocate for voting rights? How can I raise awareness on social media, use my platform in that way? And so my hope is that we can kind of build up advocates who will say, hey, this is a huge issue, and we got to do something different about it because if people don't push for the change then the status quo remains intact and we know that that's not good for um, for the folks we care about
0: right yeah and and I always like to end with this question, which is what do you what is your recommendation? what do you um, what is your advice to the next generation to to gen Z or whoever's after us? I mean <laughs> I, I lost track of what's going after us. but what can we do to make that positive? that positive impact and not only our voting, our elections, our education policy, uh wanting to stay engaged or how do we reach those that are alienated, you know, exhausted or just ignorant? I mean there there there's a bunch that is like that. So what is your advice for, for, for that? And I'm sure Vocal just is trying to cover many of those those spaces.
1: Yeah. <sighs> One, I've lost a loose track of the generations. I know Gen Z is after me, but after that, I don't, I, I've i lost track of the names too. But for, for any young person, be a Gen Z or not, I would say a few things. I would say one is to learn by doing. I think when it comes to social justice and activism and voting rights work, you can spend a lot of time reading articles, reading books, and that is important. I'm not saying don't do that. And you get a lot of learnings when you actually go out there and try to do something, when you actually try to have a conversation with someone who might disagree with you, when you actually write a letter to your state legislature about the issues that are happening in your community, be it with voting rights or something else. And I find that for me and my own work, when I actually went out there and tried to do something, I learned a lot more than I could have just theoretically from engaging with material online or, or in a book, though both are important. The second thing that I would say is to think in terms of systems as much as you can and not in terms of individuals. When I think about a lot of the social inequities that we have, a lot of it's manifested through interpersonal interactions, right? Like me talking to you or you talking to me, but a lot of the issues stem from ideologies, from policies, from how organizations are set up. And so, as I think about the changes that we want to make in the world, it's less about changing one particular person, though that is important work to do, it's more about how we can change what policies look like, what the attitudes are like out there in the world, and taking that bird's eye view of where the world is right now, I think is really important to make sure we're getting at the root cause of the issue, and not just dealing with some of the symptoms that we see in one on one interactions. And the last thing I would say is to find community. Doing this work is exhausting. Um, we're fighting an uphill battle, right? Like we know that the status quo is unfair and it's making it harder for us to actually make a change. And so building connections with other people who can be on your side is really important to one, make sure you're positioning yourself better to actually win. And then two, to make sure that your mental health and that your well-being is is remaining strong through this fight.
0: Yeah, that's sound advice. I think it is exhausting work. So I will say that. Um, that's perfect. No, thank you so much for for joining us. Is there now? You get to to promote yourself a little bit if you want to shout out your your social media or your your website. I'll link it all in the description. Uh, but, but now's your chance.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate the chance for publicity, Quinal. But um, more than anything, I want to say thank you for giving me the chance to to reflect on these topics, to connect with you. Um, I'm always eager to chat with folks who are sincerely committed to doing this type of work. We we need way more people who who are doing that, and so um, I'm just grateful for the chance that we got it um, that we had today to chat. And if folks want to learn more about Vocal Justice, they can go to vocaljustice.org. And at the bottom of that website on our homepage is a place to sign up for our newsletter where we send updates every month.
0: Perfect. No, that's great. I'll link it all in the description below. Uh, and like I said, thank you so much for for the work that you do and the growth in the organization. I think it's very necessary these days um, and, and the perspective is there. Um, and so is the track record. So thank you so much. Um, I, I think everybody will find that invaluable. And and uh, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to talk about a new thing, doors always open.
1: Uh, but but please, thank you. Thank you, appreciate
0: it. Take care, everyone who's watching. <laughs> Take care.